Parsons ahead of the play. A breakaway for the rookie. Goes! A rocket off the stick of Pedersen. Wow. What a set of mitts by Pedersen. Here's Pedersen scores! Brought to you by High Stick Vodka, a double gold award winning ultra premium vodka in a glass hockey stick. Doesn't get any more Canadian than that. Please enjoy this Stanley Cup of Vodka responsibly as you can find it in any specialty liquor stores here in BC and Alberta. Welcome to a special episode of the Area 51 Hockey Podcast. I'm Malcolm and we are joined with Samantha and Dwayne the Hockey Guy. Uh, the rant guy, the Buffaloes guy, the guy who probably hasn't slept in the last, I don't know, 24 hours now. Dwayne, how you doing, buddy? Uh, like I said before we started recording, man, I'm excited. I'm indifferent. I don't, I don't know how to feel. Um, you know, it's a phenomenal feeling, you know, because as I said before, it's an extremely uh, low-risk, extremely high-reward situation for the Buffalo Sabres. But Taylor Hall also doesn't solve all our issues. You've had some really high highs, obviously, yesterday, and then some really low lows maybe going back to the draft or at least, you know, watching your video. So let's go back there because what I, uh, you know, as Canuck fans, we feel like we've been through the ringer the last four days, but, uh, you know, maybe not quite compared to our uh, expansion rival, the Buffalo Sabres. So take us back to the draft. How you feel about Jack Quinn now after a couple of days? Uh, are, are you feeling better about the pick? Uh, or, you know, are you still going, why didn't we take Marco Rossi? Um, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult. It's, you're going to, I'm going to have to wait to see how it all plan, pans out because, um, on, our, on my, uh, on my show, two goalies, one Mike, we had on Andre Torini, the uh, head coach of the Ottawa 67s, and he spoke in length about Marco and Jack. And, um, although he had so many great things to say about Jack Quinn, how he truly believes he'd be a great goal scorer in this league, like he just pretty much called Marco Rossi. He's a special player. And one of the things that stuck out to me the most, because one, one of the issues outside of his size that, you know, was kind of plaguing Marco Rossi was his boots. You know, he doesn't have the best boots in the draft. Um, but Andre completely just came out and said, listen, I coached Ryan O'Reilly when he was in Colorado. I was, I was part of that coaching step. I'll tell you, I tell you right now, he is a better skater right now than O'Reilly than Ryan O'Reilly. So, I mean, that just made me more, so much more excited about the potential of drafting Marco Rossi. And I don't know how much you guys follow the Bills, the NFL, but the Josh Allen draft, you know, obviously people trashed on Josh Allen, me being one of them. Like, I watched a lot of college football. I trashed all over that pick, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit that I was wrong. Um, it was a lot like that draft because Roger Goodell came up, to the, came up to the podium and said, the Buffalo Bills draft Josh, and we're all like – because he, he hesitated, is it going to be Allen or is it going to be Rosen? The same thing here when, when Kevin Adams said Ottawa's 67s. We're all like, <laughs> you know, who is it? Um, and then he said Jack Quinn. Um, do I think the Sabres made a mistake? Um, I think I – I don't want to say yes, um, but I do think that Marco Rossi is more of a safer can't-miss pick than what Jack Quinn was. Um I, I would like Jack Quinn to not be up on the big club for at least another year. Um, I, I can't think of a better junior coach than Andre Torini than to uh, coach him for another year down in junior up or up in juniors rather, um, you know, up in Ottawa. So I, I don't hate the pick. I do feel better about it. We do need more scoring from the wing, 
but I just don't think that you can have enough depth at the center position. And Andre, I'm not Andre, I'm sorry, Marco Rossi could have slotted in immediately as your third line center and brought so much depth to that lineup. Like just, next year, because outside of Lafreniere, he was the next ready, you know, next most ready NHL player. I'm with you. And again, he could have slotted over to the wing too. And I wouldn't be stunned if at the NHL level, a guy who's 5'9", maybe does slot over to the wing. I think, I don't know if you caught our episode with uh, Cam Robinson, but he compared him to Martin mm-hmm. St. Louis, especially with the, the thighs. So, you know, to me, obviously, Martin St. Louis was a hell of a winger. And that's kind of what you see with that drive and determination and work ethic out of Marco Rossi. So I, uh, I'm with you. I, uh, I think, you know, maybe you made the second best choice, but hopefully he's still a skilled player and you don't middle stat him and rush him, uh, you know, along. Oh. And, and he and has a, he, a long and productive career. And, and with Taylor Hall now, you don't have to. Yeah. And you know what? Um, and here's the thing with that is a lot of these picks that we made, uh, you know, between uh, Nylander, uh, Middlestat, and Ristolainen, what, do you know what pick they were made at? Eight. Eight? Yeah. Eight. Eight. You, you, you know what pick Jack Quinn was? Eight. Eight. So, it's a little nerve-wracking, um, to say the least. Another thing that Torini said was, in, in comparisons, obviously he said Ryan O'Reilly, which is like fucking saying Voldemort around here in Buffalo. Yeah. Um, but um, we, uh, you know, um, he made comparisons to Bergeron and Braden Point, And he said, you know, he's a special type of player which is why it was even more disappointing when we didn't hear his name at eight overall. But, you know, I'm excited about Jack Quinn. I, I, like I said, he has a high ceiling. Um, I just, I just don't want to rush the kid. And like you said, now with Taylor Hall, you don't have to, you can allow him to go back to the O uh, back to Ottawa and continue to develop and um, hopefully build up his body mass. He's not that big of a kid yet. And uh, you know, I just, I would rather see him mass up a little bit. And that's another thing too. Uh, Torini said is not just about Marco, but about Jack too, is uh, greatness comes sacrifice and these kids work ethic uh, when it comes to dieting and in the weight room, it's second to none. So I, I hope, I hope that's all true. And I hope he puts in the, puts in the work in the, you know, this next coming year to, to get to the next level. Yeah. So that was kind of like your low, <laughs> if we're going to, not that it was <laughs> would, a real low. It's but... not just a low. It's not, no, they'll get it twisted. The signing Zemigas Skurgensen is a $2.2 million. <laughs> that was a big blow. That was a big blow. Especially when the best guy on that line, Johan Larson, got uh, 1.2. And then you go see Jesper Fast get $2 million a year for three years. Trust me, that isn't the biggest blow here. I am so salty. I like Zemigas Skurgensen. But the fact that he we just signed him at $2.2 million And, like, and here's my I, – I, I, sorry, I shouldn't have interrupted you, Samantha. I, I deeply apologize. But you let players like Jurgensen's walk to free agency, and if he wants to circle back and come back and then talk, that's what you do. You don't sign him going into it because he's not the type of player that you're going to extremely miss if he decides to take a walk. There's our rant guy. Even we were far too level-headed. Clearly, a guy who has just signed sorry. Taylor Hall. I never. I was I like, never, like, are we talking to the same sorry. Dwayne? Come on. I I, yeah. I, 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 I don't ever like inter, inter, and, you know. I was taught manners. I don't like interrupting a woman. I apologize, Samantha. Please. No, continue. that was perfect. That was better than <laughs> you're, anything I could have said that you just asked. We wanted, yeah. <laughs> well, walk me through. Walk me through your week of free agency. Okay, so obviously I don't know if you guys have been following uh, our two goalies, one Mike Handel on Twitter. I've been, you know, being hard at work. 
along with them and Trainwreck Sports. I know I just recently signed a contract with them. Um, we've been putting out a lot of articles, you know, you know, really hitting the social media thing hard, uh, interviews between, uh, you know, just certain scouts and whatnot. Um, so this past week, you know, it was ex- week and a half is exciting. I thought for sure we were taking Rossi at the draft. Obviously, that didn't happen. And then two days later, you're boom, right in the free agency. Um, I didn't know what to think. Um, I had this conversation with a few uh, friends of mine and colleagues a few days ago about Taylor Hall and stated that I would not be surprised if Buffalo is the front runner for Taylor Hall because when he's trying to get paid, we're in a COVID world right now. There's not a lot of long-term contracts being handed out, you know, with, with a lot of money because of the flat cap. So with that being said, teams are trying to manage their cap a little bit differently this year. So I said, I could, would not be surprised to see Taylor Hall take a short-term deal and try and just go off and then get paid after all this is hopefully over. And you, you look at the teams that were interested or had the ability to bring in sign Taylor Hall, Buffalo being one of them, who was the best center for Taylor Hall to play alongside? It was either Jack Eichel, and I think the next best was Krejci. So it was an easy decision for Taylor Hall. And then it, it helped that he had that relationship already in, in, intact with uh, Ralph Kruger from when Ralph was with uh, Edmonton. And he flat out said that, you know, Ralph was the best coach he ever had. There was a little bit of an uproar when he was only given one year as coach in Edmonton. So I think that helped immensely as well. But if you want to get paid in this league, and I think we all saw last night why you do your best to get paid when you saw what happened with Dak Prescott in the NFL and that ankle injury. The guy, yeah, he signed his one-year tender, but now his whole career and livelihood is at stake right now with whatever, how this all ends up, you know. So that's why I've never, ever been against guys that want to go out and get paid because you never know what's going to happen. Um, Earl Thomas in Seattle, guy honored his contract when he wanted a new deal, and then he has a uh, a devastating season ending uh, injury the very first game uh, first game of that season uh, so I don't blame Taylor Hall for doing this um, whether he is a Buffalo Sabre or not uh, next year this time next year I don't know but um, it just say it made the most sense in terms of his decision making where am I going to go off the most who can I play with that's going to help me get there and help me get paid and Jack Eichel was the easy answer you got to think that his agent earned his commission on this one. You know, sometimes you, you think, you know, it must be an easy job. You just field these calls and whoever says the highest number, you tell your client, well, this sounds like a hell of a deal. But I, I'm sure the first time that, you know, Buffalo, you know, with all due respect was presented to Taylor, he went, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, who would, you know, I, I've just played in Edmonton, New Jersey, and Arizona, you're not getting me to go play in Buffalo just because of the history and, and the, you know, amount of success. So, you know, I, I, I think, is it, Sam, do you know his agent? Is it Eb? Is it, is he a, I, I don't know exactly where he's from, no our agency, but the, the, he absolutely earned his money. And that is who I would be absolutely. thinking primarily as a Sabres fan. Because uh, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. The coach connection, the ability to play with Eichel, um, that's, that's a hell of an opportunity. And you know, again, with all due respect, if things don't go great, uh, he can probably throw up his hands and say Buffalo and yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, at least get a similar well, deal next year, right? Here, here's the thing. This is his fourth, fourth team since he started his career. I, I, and, you know, I know uh, Kiprio said this, and I don't always agree with Kiprio, but I do agree at this point. Does he really want to go on to his fifth team? 
does he really want to have, you know, be that guy, you know, you know, constantly this change is changing in his life. I'm not sure what his family situation is, but I'm sure that if he can make things work here in Buffalo, because he, he's comes from a lot of losing his entire career, he's been in the playoff twice. Um, and that whole thing, even today with Edmund, that's an anomaly. Like, I don't understand how they can't figure it out up there. You have two MVP players on your team and they don't even play in the same line together all the time. Like, I don't get it. Like how they can't figure it out up there. I mean, I know goaltending sucks, but I mean, and they brought, they brought Mike Smith back. That's even funnier. Um, it really was. <laughs> it really, <laughs> like, 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 all like, the I, goalie I, I, options and you guys oh, go Mike, Mike Smith. Smith yeah. Um, you, you would think that Edmonton would be all over drafting um, Askarov. Uh, in the draft, um, you know, because, you know, you need a goalie desperately, but I mean, I guess not. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I just, um, you know, I, I, I see that if things do work out here, um, I can see him signing like a five-year deal. I don't see it being like a six or an eight. I can definitely see it being five, um, probably for right around the same amount of money. Um, again, it's, uh, we're in a COVID world. We don't know what the failure cap is going to look like next year. You know, it's, you know, who knows? Maybe he does the same thing again. Um, I don't know, but um, it, it, it is crazy, man. I, 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 I couldn't believe it because I wasn't the biggest advocate of bringing Taylor Hall here just because of um, all the losing he's come from and the players he's been with. You know, you would think at some point you'd be able to figure it out and get yourself in the right situation. Um, and I don't like bringing a type, that type of losing culture already into a locker room that's already done a ton of losing. But – this is again low risk, high reward. It's a one year thing. Maybe you can figure it out. Maybe you get this team to the playoffs. I still think there's a few pieces you need to get in place. I'd like to see them bring in uh, a defenseman uh, via trade um, to help really uh, take a lot of pressure off Dalene and uh, Joker. You know, Yoki Harju. Um, I think you don't want to put that type of pressure on such young kids to carry the load on the blue line. Um, guys, um, you know. You know, I know Johnny Boychuk's name out of the island was thrown out a lot as a guy who might be on the market via trade. I'd love to bring in a Johnny Boychuk for like a two-year deal just to – or, you know, you know, I'm not sure what, what type of term he has left on his contract. But a player like that, just somebody who can stabilize your blue line, add some depth, um, add some stay-at-home ability, and just really stabilize your defensive zone play because <laughs> Rasmus versus the line isn't going to get it done for another year. Our good old buddy Rasmus, eh? Oh yeah, it's two years left on Boychuk's deal. That's six million. Two years so left. That's I saw right there. Yeah, the the um, one that we're talking about that you guys should be looking at too is uh, David Savard out of Columbus. Has Travis Hamonic signed yet? He's not. He's another one that could be interesting. He was on my on my list of wants, uh, but uh, over the last month, um, you know, him and TJ Brody. Obviously, Brody signed with the Leafs. Um, but uh, Hamannick is a guy who I think can really stabilize your second pairing. Um, you know, take a lot of take a lot of pressure again off uh, a guy like Joker. Um, but in order for that to happen, you have to you know have somebody move out. And I think he would either be Brandon Montour or Rasmus Ristolainen. Um, and I think it would be Ristolainen because I just don't see any reason to be signing Montour to the contract you just did if you're just going to trade him. But I mean that's just me. Montour Riafte, I didn't see that. Yeah, we we signed we signed him. Uh, I was like three and a half, something along those lines. Three, me three point eight five. Yeah, three eight five for one year, and then he. Oh, so yeah. Uh, unfortunately, maybe, he's a UFA. 
maybe, maybe, maybe it would be Montour. Then maybe a team's looking for some cap relief, and you can trade Montour out and bring and bring in, uh, you know, a, a more stable defenseman or you know so, something along those lines. I don't know because Montour, the whole that whole experiment, even though we gave a first round pick for him, it hasn't really worked here. I'll take Montour. I'll yeah, take any defenseman at this point. We've got three NHL defensemen. Any, it's gonna be, any it's gonna be great. Any, any yeah. defenseman. <laughs> Anyone. Any defenseman. Well, we Dwayne, can why don't, <laughs> Dwayne, why don't you, you just drive any, Risto you over said, here? Uh, at this point, we we'd look at Risto. You know, again, I, I I'm still willing to offer you Tanner Pearson, and uh, we can go from there. Yeah, fair. Very fair. Um. Yeah, I've, I've been watching. I've been obviously you got you guys have become like a second favorite team of mine and kind of watching what you guys have been doing over the past two weeks. You know, I feel for you guys up there. No, still no Tyler Toffoli deal. You know, I thought for sure that was a layup. I thought he was going to be a Vancouver Canuck for at least the next five years, but I don't know, understand what the holdup is. So that's actually give us an outsider's perspective of what's going on because again I don't know if you follow Canucks Twitter but we're a, we're a pretty divided uh, fan base especially when it comes to you know these such matters so you know what uh, without any kind of bias what are what's your opinion of of what we've been doing? Um, I just think you guys have been playing it safe. Um, I, the defenseman you guys just lost. Uh, Tanov. Tanov, yes, I like and Tanov Stetcher. a lot. Stetcher, yeah, both of them. I like I like Tanov a lot. I like Stetcher a lot. I was sad to see them leave. Um, I don't know if that's a situation where you're trying to free up cap space to bring in Typho, to, uh, Toffoli. I'm not too sure. I think I think priority number one for you guys has to be Tyler Toffoli. If, after you lose both those guys, you have to bring in Tyler Toffoli. You have to keep him in the fold um, to keep that offense, you know, moving along as dangerous as it was in the playoffs because. You guys turned a lot of heads in that playoff. You guys played, you know, very out. I don't want to sound rude, but outside yourselves, or at least maybe what was expected. Um, and I was definitely rooting for you guys. You, I was absolutely on on the Canucks train. Um, and again, it was it was difficult to see Stetcher and Tanev leave, but um, hopefully you guys keep Tyler Toffoli. And you know, just you know, I'm not sure what what do you guys have, you know, you know, prospect wise. Um, you know, in your farm system that could, could come in and potentially fill those voids? Well, number one candidate, at least for me, is Jack Rathbone, who's the overage college yep. guy that was a, a later pick for us that we've just signed. And, you know, Tory Krug is kind of best case scenario for what he can turn out to be, which would be a, a very good player for us. You know, obviously not expecting that level of production or anything like that next year, but, you know, eventually he can get there. So I'm hoping, hoping he's able to make the leap. <laughs> Remember that, um, and and then uh, Olio Levy, who of course is a Olivia, uh, yep. former fifth overall pick, who is disappointed to this point, but you know got a solid six minutes in uh, one game of the playoffs there, so everyone's hanging their hat on that. And then a bunch of kind of journeyman older guys. You know, we have a, a guy named Rafferty who's still technically a prospect, but he's twenty five years old, so you know he's, he's probably close to his ceiling at a you know sixth defender uh, at least he's right-handed uh so yeah we, we definitely still have some work to do on the defensive front but and you know hopefully we are able to do some bargain shopping here or you know acquire someone via trade when you know an Alex, Alex Petrangelo signs in either Vegas uh uh or where's the other destination that he may oh no 
Or was the other one, Florida? There was another place that we were looking at, and, you know, here are the um, potential defensive prospects or defenders that we'll uh, be able to poach I, off of. Well, not the prospects. Um, I do know that there was a lot of uh, talk about um, out of Vegas being, uh, being traded to Florida. Um, yeah, Schmidt, Schmidt was talking Schmidt about trade out of there, and then I swear there yeah. was another potential destination, but, of course, I'm blanking on it first thing in the morning here. But uh, Yeah. You for, know, Petra, so, for Petra Angelo? Yeah. It was Vegas and Toronto, but obviously Toronto. Toronto. Vegas and Toronto. Yeah. yeah, Toronto. Yeah, yeah. they brought in TJ Brody, so I think that yeah. they're just all but out. That's they're, they're for you sure. Know what, he, you know what? He's been, he's been there for, what, two days now? So I think they're really just working through some semantics in that deal, you know, whether it's a no movement clause, no trade clause, incentives, bonus. So, so, there's, so there's something in the works there to make that deal work, and that's why it's taking so long. I don't think he travels all the way there and has literally no other free agency uh, visits planned if he doesn't have intentions of signing in Vegas. And that's a good situation for Petrangelo. You know, if you're going to stay competitive, you're going to stay a contender on a team that um, a team that, you know, was very close to being in the Stanley Cup finals this past season. And frankly, I think once he flew out there, it would be hard for Vegas to lose that if they he, they were already oh, at the yeah. top of his list. And like you look at their practice facilities in Summerlin, you look at the fact that they're, you know, they're the rink is insane. Like everything about the organization is first class. There's no way he's going somewhere filthy. else. It's filthy. I wanted to make a trip to Vegas this past and this next season just to see the rink in general because you see you, you see it on TV and it, it, obviously that doesn't do it justice. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I, you know, if that's where he ends up, you know, all the best to him, man. Like, you know, you picked a good spot. Um, and that does make Vegas extremely dangerous out of the West. Yeah. Very dangerous. And Pierre Lebrun did say, you know, the number one destination for any UFA hockey player now is Vegas for, you know, all the reasons that you can think of. Uh, so, you know, it does make a ton of sense. And, you know, they then get another asset for Schmidt or whoever they end up dealing you know, I'm sure they're, I don't know if you saw Foley's comments today about, you know, really wanting to keep Fleury, and I totally, totally believe him. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where they go there. And, of course, they traded Stastny away. So, in my opinion, they've got a bit of a hole at center, uh, unless they really think Chandler Stevenson's going to be able to step up and play second-line center for them. Uh, they've so got good prospects, too, though. Well, well Cody Glass, yeah. he's had some injury issues, of course. Uh, so I think there's some concern about him, at least, you know, again, being able to be an effective uh, top six center. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see it for sure. Cause you know, you add Alex Petrangelo to that team and, and a fired up one, because you, you got to think he's got to be real salty with St. Louis now, you know, thinking they've got a deal signing all these other players and then yeah. boom, you know, you, you think you're still negotiating and Tory Krug signs Tory Krug. a contract that can't be far off what you're looking for. So that uh, I bet you're getting a, a very motivated Alex Petrangelo, just kind of like you guys are getting a motivated Taylor Hall. That's that you know that's a sticky situation too. I gotta feel there's more to that than we all can see because you know how do you I mean how do you I, I'm gonna get Tory Krug is you know an unbelievable defenseman, but that's your captain we're talking about, and to, to you know he just won won you a cup barely two years ago, and how do you walk away from him for Tory Krug? if it's roughly right around the same money, um, you know, you're, t you're not just taking an, an, a huge asset off your blue line there. You're taking a big, even bigger leader out of your locker room. So um, that, that is interesting because I, I, I would love to have been a fly on the room during those discussions because I just don't, under, I, I don't understand that. Like why, if, if, if you really truly are trying to keep 
Petrangelo in St. Louis. Um, you know, and it would have probably, I mean, if you would have given him the same contract you gave Tory Crew, that probably gets it done maybe a little bit more. I know. Yeah, I think, you know, you go to $7 million, so another half million dollars per year for that same term. Yeah. I, yeah, something's definitely, you know, seems fishy in that situation because, you know, first it was uh, Falk and then, then it was Krug. Like, I, I've never seen a team who's just won a Stanley Cup work so little to try to retain their captain. It, it's, it's, to me, the, now, the, the biggest surprise of free agency has been Taylor Hall. Well, but second on that list and, and pretty close is that Tory Krug signing. Well, look at Boston and Tory Krug and just all the, all the rhetoric that came out from that, that they weren't talking at all. That's insane to me. That's like a huge piece in your blue line and your team isn't getting any younger. Like, why would you just let him walk away? That, that made no sense to me. You know, that's a piece I would want to keep in place. He's not like he's old, you know, you know, Marshawn's not getting younger. Bergeron's not getting younger. And Chara is barely, barely able to skate anymore. Like, you know, why would you, why would you consider keeping Zidonia Chara around for another year? But let Tory Krug walk. That just—I don't know what's going on in Boston. That made no sense to me. Yeah, because they're right in their prime contending window years. So it's not like you have to worry about you know the contract at the end of this. And you know Boston's had a ton of success. But hey, you know if there's anyone who's happy that Boston fucked up, it's the well at least the two of us. I don't know about yeah, how oh, yeah. deep your Always hatred runs for the, the spoke bees. But uh, boy, do we love seeing them uh, you know not succeed. Kruk and Falk don't actually make sense for me either as St. Louis signings. Uh, not, not at all. That's, like that's now, again, you put yourself in a position where they're at negative cap space. They're not going to be able to afford to sign Vince Dunn. Like it makes no sense. And that's why, you know, I'm hoping beyond hope, even though as I say it, I don't believe it, that Benning has the stones to lay an offer sheet to either Vince Dunn or Cernak in Tampa Bay both are in just incredibly, incredibly vulnerable situations. You would absolutely force them to make a trade that they do not want to make. And if you do that, especially with Tampa Bay, well, now Sergachev and Sorelli are vulnerable. So to me, it, like the fact that someone hasn't laid an offer sheet to one of those four players right now is an embarrassing in the league. You know, put on your big boy pants and, and <laughs> burn a bridge to improve your yeah. team. Like, holy shit. We had Scott Wheeler on a two goalies on Mike, and one of the last things I asked him before signing off was, is Stamkos in danger of no longer being a Tampa Bay Lightning? And he shot it down immediately. He said, no, he'll finish that contract off the big contract. But I just don't think so. You, it, it, they just proved that they didn't need him. I mean, he played for three minutes in one game and scored a goal. But they just proved that they didn't need him to win a Stanley Cup. What's more valuable to your team? Sergachev, Saranek, Sorelli, um, you know, extending Braden Point because he's only on a bridge deal. Like, what's more valuable to your team? Those guys or Steven Stamkos, the off-injured Steven Stamkos? I just – I if, if you're if, if you're Tampa Bay, I'm, I'm shopping Steven Stamkos. And he's 30 years old, and he's got four years left on his deal at 8.5. The only thing is, again, if you're Steven Stamkos, why do you wave? He, he took less to stay – I, Sam's going to give me daggers as soon as I say it, but he's in Tampa Bay non-state tax. There's no motivation for him to leave. So I, you know, and again, you, you, you lay the offer sheet and if that's Tampa's option, they are in panic mode trying to move yeah. him and what they're able to get for him will be 
you know, your Ryan now, O'Reilly is it trade a full no like trade? A home run. Is it a full full, full no? Is move. it a full no trade or full no trade? Yeah, full that, no, like, no like I said, man, it's like, they no have to even protect him yeah. in the expansion so, draft too, right? So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you approach Steven Stamkos and say thank you for everything that you've done for this franchise. See ya. Uh, but you know, again, as you said, that's probably the most logical move as a franchise. It is. But as a franchise, back Tampa into a corner. No sympathy for the Stanley Cup champions, and no. force them to make a bad move. And screw this boys' club. You know, unspoken agreement exactly. about offer sheets. Screw that, man. If you want, if you want to stick at the Tampa Bay, stick at the Tampa Bay. You know, Edmonton stuck at the us with the Thomas Vanek deal over a decade ago, and there was no repercussions for anybody over that. So fuck them. Fuck them. Go go. Go, go stick it to the lightning. Go offer sheets Sorelli. Go offer sheets Darnett. Go offer sheets Sergachev. Fuck them. Like, I don't even care. Like, this is a business at the end of the day, and business is winning hockey games and winning a Stanley Cup. And if that's the way you're going to run your business, and I'm sorry, you shouldn't have the job. That's exactly it. If you're not using all the tools in your tool belt, and I don't know how those GM owner meetings go, and they say, well, how are you looking to improve the team? What options are you looking at outside the box versus, you know, basic trades that, you know, are essentially lateral moves because you give up something to get something or UFA mm-hmm. that you have to overspend? Why aren't you looking at all your avenues? And why are, you know, again, if I'm Francisco Aquilini talking to Jim Benning right now, looking at our three NHL defensemen that we currently have under contract with all these potential, you know, perfect right-handed defensemen that we could slot in beside him. I don't know how you're able to look them in the face and say, well, I'm kind of scared of the repercussions because maybe a GM won't like me very much. What repercussions? What? Like, like, okay, then just sign your players before they get to RFA status, like sign them before. If you're that worried about it, then get them under contract. But, uh, but right now, right now, worry about the now worry about getting your team better now rather than worry about what's going to happen three years down the fucking line. If there ever should have been a burnt bridge, it should have been between Ottawa and San Jose after Ottawa traded Hoffman to San Jose to get him out of their division. And then within six minutes, San Jose traded him right back to Florida for more than they got for him initially. And then what happened not three months later? Eric Carlson from Ottawa to San Jose. Like, I don't know how you you can say I'm worried about burning a bridge after you can see an example like that, where again, I would have been calling up Wilson if I was Dorian after that and using every curse in the book and turn around and say, Oh, I'm worried about offering a guy. It's a business. This is a, it's a business decision. You need to improve your team. You guys are in a vulnerable spot. Obviously you call up the GM before and say, Hey, you want to just do this clean and, you know, take the second for Cernak, which is what we'd be paying you if we offer sheeted them uh, just so you don't have to go through the process Uh, or, or, or this offer sheets coming in 4.4.3 times five. It's a second round pick. And there's absolutely nothing you're going to be able to do to match that within a week that doesn't completely devastate you in another trade so to me it's in, if if an offer sheet doesn't happen to either of those guys or any of those four guys it's an embarrassment for the rest of the league and i'd be you know as an nhlpa i'd be looking at some sort of collusion that's going on because if they're not using a tool in the tool belt it's only because all the gms have conspired and said this will help drive up market for players 
and we don't want that to help keep everyone cost controlled. Uh, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous that we don't see more offer sheets. They're so much fun. This is an entertainment business. It is. You know what? This is a struggling, this is a struggling league. Like, you know, you know, when these analysts on TV say that the NHL like isn't even close to the top three, like, do you disagree with them? You, you, you try and avoid avenues like this that make your league more exciting. This makes your league more exciting. Like, could you imagine just going into a week where you have this guy offer sheeted, this guy offer sheeted, this guy offer sheeted, and watching teams scramble? That would be amazing for this sport. Absolutely amazing. So, you know, it's, you know, I just don't see as from even looking at from Gary Bettman and his perspective of what makes my sport more exciting and what makes it more entertaining, entertainment value. Like, why wouldn't you promote or push that more? Like, I, I don't know. Like, you know, like repercussions, fuck them. You know, the business at the end of the day, you're so worried about, you know, your guys getting offer sheeted down the line. You know what? Make sure they don't get that, get to that position, man. Exactly. Well, Dwayne, thanks for coming on. It's uh, great to talk to you again and, you know, in, in better spirits, clearly a more rational man that we're talking to today than we were a couple months ago who uh, <laughs> just uh, come off his infamous rant, the hero in Buffalo. And obviously we wish you all the best this season. Hopefully uh, Taylor Hall's a, a Buffalo Sabre for a long time and this is successful and this is the move that uh, kind of gets you out of that perennial basement. Hopefully you whip the crap out of the Leafs next year and all those other uh, teams in your division, we'll, uh, you know we'll be rooting for you. I'm already getting shit from Leafs fans because now uh, our first line, uh, sal- uh, the combined uh, salary of our first line, uh, uh, first line, or potential first line, is only $4 million below Nylander, Tavares, Matthews, and Marner. So uh, I'm already getting shit for that. But you know what? Again, it's a one-year deal. It's $8 million. doesn't work. See ya. And, yeah, we – if we learned anything in 2011, when you get hate, it's because teams are fearful of you. And I think that's exactly, exactly what's happening. No one cares about an irrelevant team, right? Yeah, and fuck the Leafs. Who cares? Yeah, fuck the Leafs. All right. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys.